What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode. And before we start this episode, I want to encourage all our listeners to please subscribe and rate our channel. We definitely appreciate that. Also, feel free to give us feedback. Like I said, all three of those things, we definitely appreciate it. I just want to start the show off and letting you guys know. And um, here's another episode. I hope you all enjoy it. On the way to the top floor. I ain't selling out though, but I'm on the way. Got a lot of rumors to motivate. Hold all the moves, I'm a play play. On the way. On the way, on the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next, but I'm on the way. You ain't take risks 'cause you too afraid. I'ma just eat till I'm overweight. On the way, on the way. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I am your host Xavier Miller, and with my co-host Deanna. Hey, everybody! And today we have a, a very this is another special guest, and this has been like a long-awaited episode. I've been pretty excited to do this episode for a while now. We we finally got her on, and she's a real estate investor. She's doing a lot. She's doing a lot of things. She's giving back to the community a lot, in my opinion, as far as giving us game, free game at that. And information and i would definitely advise everybody to pay attention to what she's doing and follow her on all platforms and you guys might know her her name is cousin nita so welcome to the show what's up y'all thanks for having me i appreciate it we appreciate you for coming on and uh i know you 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 got a you got a lot of experience and games that you could offer to i know a lot of people that want to do similar things that uh we're doing and stuff like that so the first question i like asking people all the time is like where what was the start for your journey like, what was the, the beginning to all of this? What made you want to do this? So, I actually got started in real estate a few years ago because I saw Mark Witten, mm. uh, Baltimore, talking about song on World Star Hip Hop one night, just scrolling, mm-hmm. talking about flipping houses like your hair is on fire and, you know, needing no cash, no credit. And I was like, what? You know what I mean? So, I went through his, like, free material <clears throat> that he had at that point. And I was like, okay, I don't have any cash. My credit is terrible. Right, right. Like, let me give it a go. And from that point on, I just kind of got like bit by the bug. And I just started, you know, educating myself and offering, you know, free work to really different real estate professionals and things like that. And so that was like my introduction really into like the real estate world. Okay. Okay. So what was your, your first deal? Like we did that first deal. What was it? How difficult was it? First deal was, it was, I always say it's like, I only ended up making 800 bucks because I messed up so much, Mm -hmm. but I always tell people it's like the most valuable or the most significant Mm -hmm. money I've ever made in my life because more than just the money generated, it really uh, unlocked the the psychological piece of it for me Mm because it was like, yo, this can really be done. Like, I literally did this, you know, without any of my own money, no credit, without a whole lot of experience um, or help. So my first deal actually came off of a bandit sign. Um, Mm. And it was it was another uh, investor from Cleveland. Shout out to Cleveland. Yes. <laughs> it was another black woman investor from Cleveland who, you know, she had a lot more experience than I did. And she was kind of just like uh, unloading some properties. And so she kind of called my sign just like to try to see kind of like what was up, who I was, whatever the case may be. And so our first few conversations, she was kind of like tearing me a new you know what like she was just um she, she wasn't being mean but you know how it is when somebody who knows what they're talking about and knows what they're doing and you don't you mm-hmm. know what I mean kind of like intimidating but that was also uh, a huge a very significant interaction for me because um at that point I was like I never want to get sunned like this again like <laughs> I never I never want to be you know in a predicament where I feel like you know I don't know anything and this person is just kind of like threw me up and uh spit me out so I appreciate her for you know dealing with me like that mm, that's crazy and like you said that that having even though it was only $800, that psychological barrier, it was more important right. for you to break that down. So I know because right. a lot of people, they th- you think things is hard until you finally do it. Even if it's on a small scale, it's like, damn, I can really right. do this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it, right. it, it, it takes down the doubt. So that's, that's dope. That Especially with wholesaling, because you know there's always already, like, this huge myth about is wholesaling real? Can yeah. it really it and does it work and all this kind of stuff and uh, I didn't have like even at that point 
I didn't have those type of like uh, I've always been optimistic like mm-hmm. yo I can turn water mm-hmm. into wine like I've always had that mind frame but but still the, the most important I always tell people that I'm you know helping even to today the most important piece of this is the psychological is the mindset piece mm-hmm. you know what I mean because I don't care how talented uh, or how many sales skills or how many leads you generate or whatever the case may be if your mind is not right it won't work consistently you might you know make some money here do a deal here but the, the mindset piece of it is you know what i'm saying what's so important and i'm thankful grateful that you know i i started out with that like i i didn't start with the real estate piece i was in it when i start when i found real estate i was already in the midst of like this huge personal development mm-hmm. epiphany type situation you know what I mean so mm-hmm. I didn't like a lot of people start and they have like that scarcity mindset mm-hmm. and self-doubting and self-limiting I didn't have that you know what I'm saying because like I said I had already started to do the work to try to you know get my mind together and then I found out about real estate so I was able to approach it you know kind of like with the with the the right mindset already and just kind of taking a run with it so wow that's that, and that's dope mm-hmm. and you said you you said you started with three you said three years ago right I mean, no, that was uh, this is 2019, so that would have been in like 2013. 2013, so six years ago. Okay, so how many, like, how many deals? We probably don't even know how many deals would you probably guess you've done in that time? I don't know exactly, but I know it's been at least 100, right. probably closer to, to 200 at this point. Um, the, the one thing that um, I think is <clears throat> kind of getting lost with the whole wholesaling craze is uh the transition from wholesaling to actually being a buy and hold investor yourself you know Mm. what i'm saying and i think a lot of people they focus too much on uh setting up the wholesaling and forget like that's active income like you have to have to work you know what i'm saying in order to generate wholesale deals like true enough you can leverage your time and not have to put up any money but at the end of the day i want the freedom of my time and transitioning from wholesaling to actually closing all properties and building a portfolio of my own is what's been able to you know what i'm saying give me that freedom of time and i know no matter where i am in the world no matter what else i'm doing what other ventures i'm pursuing i know that i have x amount of dollars for my rental properties coming in um so uh, at, at a point i kind of like slowed up with the wholesaling mm-hmm. because again i was transitioning over to portfolio building mm-hmm. so that's, a, that's i've done a dealer too to say the least <laughs> okay yeah yeah that's and that's so, um, how many properties do you currently have, and do you primarily like get your rental properties in Cleveland? Yes. So I only um, invest in Cleveland. I've done some other like joint venture partnership type deals outside of Cleveland, but as far as my own portfolio, um, I only invest in Cleveland. Okay. Do you um, invest in the sub, like the suburb areas, like the Heights and all that, or do you invest like in like the heart of Cleveland, like East Cleveland and all that, where they usually try to steer people away from? In, in Cleveland proper, in a lot of uh, the more urban areas. Um, so yes, I have rental properties in East Cleveland. Um, I, 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 I won't say that I refuse to invest in the suburbs, but I am just intentional about that because I lived in Cleveland. Like I walked, I lived on 149th in Kansas for three years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I lived on Buckeye. I've lived in those areas. And, you know, part of my agreement with my higher power is like, yo, like I'm going to bless you. But in turn, I need you to make sure that, you know what I'm saying? You go back and be intentional about helping the people and the communities from where you came. And so that's kind of like uh, one of the main priorities of my real estate investing strategy is just to make sure that again i'm intentional about uh doing what i can do in the communities that i grew up in that raised me so to speak so mm-hmm. yeah i i focus on a lot of the the areas that a lot of people you know overlook as soon as you say east cleveland is somebody you know yeah. they're already like east no cleveland. i'm like hey, east cleveland okay what's up they got Believe it or not, they got money in East Cleveland just like they do in Cleveland, South Cleveland, anywhere else. So. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a question I had, getting back to the wholesaling side, was do you think there's a point where, because, you know, most a lot of people want to get into wholesaling now because they realize I don't need no certificates, I don't need no licenses, sometimes I don't even need any, a lot of times I don't even need any money. So do you think there's a point where it could get to, like, oversaturation with, like, so many people doing it? Or is that, a, is that even such a thing in that industry? 
I personally don't think so because okay. I think that the majority of people that say they're doing it are not really doing it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Saturation is like where it's like the, if you go to every major market across the country, uh, if you looked up the data, I'm of the mindset that you find the same few people doing the majority of the business. Uh, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who care about wholesaling and try to you know get into it, but aren't ever uh, able to to really you know, put it together in terms of an actual business. Again, you might do a deal here, you might do a deal there, JV or whatever the case may be. And I'm talking about doing consistent business every month. I don't think that there are that many people in each market doing it. So to okay. answer your question. Okay. Cause I, I, like I said, I see a lot, I see a lot of people trying to get into it now. So I, that's the question that like, probably like, is there like an oversaturation going on? But you got to think about it there like okay you you have some people or you could have some people who only dealt with land they mm. only dealt with yeah, land right. or um you know i i met with a couple out here the mobile home elite investors they only deal in mobile homes so you could strictly be wholesaling mobile homes strictly be wholesaling land strictly be wholesaling commercial buildings or whatever the case may be so there's several different lanes that niches uh, you know, up under the umbrella of wholesaling that people can get in too to, you know, curtail this whole uh, saturated. <laughs> okay, okay. And another question I had was something that I seen on your uh, Instagram. I was like, man, I want to ask her about this because I, I agree with what you were saying. You were saying uh, allies get you access, saying like who will vouch for you. Now, I just want you like, to dive in that a little deeper. Like, what's the, what's the science behind that? So I think uh, especially a lot of young black people, we are very headstrong and we feel like, you know, it's especially once we feel like we get an understanding of something, mm-hmm. don't let us make a little bit of money. <laughs> we feel like, shit, I'm good. I don't tell me nothing. And, third. and that's good. Like, I'm not saying not to have that attitude, but at the same time, I've learned, you know what I'm saying, in my business career that it's important to have people who will stand shoulder to shoulder with you. And it's like, I could go in and I could say, hey, listen, I want to do this development in East Cleveland. I have the plans. I got the resources. I got it all mapped out but how much more powerful is it when i have two or three other business owners you know or investors or whoever standing shoulder to shoulder with me saying hey listen we'll watch her we're you know we're going to support her we're going to back her yes you should you should think about this and also on the flip side of it is is behind your back because the way the world the world is like this big now with social media it's like everybody know everybody and if you don't know them you know of them, you've heard of them, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. So it's also important to have people who will, you know, vouch for you and have positive things to say about you in your absence. And I think that uh, sometimes that's a missed concept, you know, because again, you know, we feel like we got it all together. But uh, allies are super important. There have been a lot of rooms that people walked me into and, you know, gave me kind of like a warm transfer. And I, you know, I try to do the same people that's it's, it's a very important concept to master early on um in your business mm. and i like how you um because I, I was on your social media too but i like how you said that uh don't be afraid to make allies with people who like don't look like you who people you wouldn't normally expect to be allies with because a lot of times like them be the people going the hardest for you whether you realize it or not mm-hmm. i use the, the the example of like there there have been sometimes and even still now like where i have you know white people white sellers clients or whatever like that i'm dealing with and sometimes i'll have my white friends call them mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, the fact of the matter is, like, that's just how we are. Like, you can say you don't see color and all this and all of that if you want to. But the reality is, is there are likely uh, some ways that I could communicate with you all that somebody of a different ethnicity couldn't. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's just fact. And if you're smart, you will use that to your advantage. And I've had, you know what I'm saying, my white people, my white friends and colleagues and stuff like that do the same. I used the example. I had a, a friend of mine. She was teaching inner city youth. Well, who you think she called? She was like, yeah, love these kids. I want to help them, but they mm-hmm. won't give me a chance. They won't listen to me. Can you come talk to them? Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I know her heart. I know she has good intentions. I went into the class full of young black kids and was like, y'all, give her a break. She good people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? She means you well. Like, give her a chance. 
after that, they started to be, you know, more receptive to it. So it is, it's important to, you know, to align yourself with, with good allies. And like you said, it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be, you know, from your community or look like you or from your circle or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree a hundred percent. And uh, with another question I had is, you know, we in this, the social media era and everybody had like a lot of people in different industries or whatever. So I always like ask people on the show, how do you, how important do you feel branding is for your, for your industry, for what you do? How important is branding and marketing yourself? Marketing is, is wholesaling is really a marketing business. Mm. So the wholesaling perspective, uh, houses just happen to be our product, but it's really marketing and sales is how you really uh, develop a wholesaling business. I have to be honest with you. Me personally, I'm kind of like, I rebel against the whole brand thing mm. just because that's just, it doesn't align with my personality. Like, okay. I'm, like I'm a low-key, mm-hmm. simple, regular type, you know what I'm saying, person. And so I really, it, it, the, the building of the brand and all of that, sometimes some of the things that, you know, you are expected to do in order to, quote-unquote, be successful, I just, I ain't on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. So a lot of things that I could do and that people would tell me that I should do to be bigger or to, you know, a- increase my brand or whatever the case may be, and I just don't because, mm-hmm. for me, that's not my goal. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? My goal is educate and empower my people, and I don't necessarily... True enough, a brand, having a large brand helps, but I kind of buck against that. <laughs> I want like yeah, I, that's, that's how the whole cousin thing came about that's what because I, like, yo like i don't you don't need to be my follower we family yeah, at right. the end of the day i could be your cousin you can walk into your family reunion and see me you mm. know what i'm saying yeah. and and the things that that we talk about and that we share as a family should be edifying and uplifting i should if i know how to get some bread i should share that with you mm-hmm. if i know how to build something out you should come to me and compensate me to put you on to that like mm. that's business so mm. that's just how I do it. That, that's my, my brand is like building a community if mm. you will mm-hmm. but I see branding is like building a community a tribe of people that you know what I'm saying are like-minded moving in the same direction mm. yeah. so that, that's interesting because my that my next question was going to be was that like where did the, the cousin part come from because me like that was that was that's brilliant to me like on a branding level I say I'm like that's like genius because it makes people feel like welcome comfortable, comfortable like cousin when they pronounce something they gotta say cousin neither so so subconsciously it's like you know I'm comfortable this is my cousin so I'm like was that right. like intentional or is that just but with you saying all that I'm like wow okay yeah, it just happened like okay. that it's crazy because a lot of the things that I do in that like my people will say you know the people that I, that I talked to they were like yo that was dope and I'd be like I just like playing <laughs> in place it just it just you know it happened like that Wow, that's, that's that's dope, and it's like we was talking to somebody else. When you were just saying some people just got it like that, they could just think like that. Where it's just mm-hmm. instinctively, you got it like that. But uh, another another question I have: So what do you what do I know? It's people that come to you and they always say, "I don't got no money. I can't make no moves. Like I, what I'm gonna do? You got something. I ain't got nothing. That's why you can do all that." Why do you, what do you say to people that come to you like that? Say, "I ain't got no money. How I'm how I'm gonna make moves out here?" First of all, I love people like that because mm. that's exactly how I started. Like, I started, that's why I, I like, again, wholesaling is popular now and everybody, you know, has their own way of teaching it and sharing it. My method happens to be uh, the get it out the mud method. The, I didn't have anything like shoestring budget, like put this all together, kind of like just finding my way. So uh, the, the first thing that I tell people is, is, in order to, you can't expect to start to generate money without a relationship with, without having a relationship with your finances. I don't care how you know much or how little money you have. You have to get a relationship with your finances, and that means saving. That means being intentional about understanding what you have coming in versus what you have going out. Like all of these basic principles are, you know, what you have to get down before you can start to expect to really generate um, money on a, on a serious level. Because again, like if you have bad spending habits and poor, you know, financial literacy, you can make a million dollars today and you can be gone tomorrow. Between taxes. Mm-hmm. And- you know what I'm saying? So I always encourage people. Again, I think it's something that uh, because generationally, 
you know, we weren't always taught the best financial practices and things like that, you know, now a lot of us are starting to have to, you know, be proactive about seeking out that information at an older age, which is cool. It's never too late. But that's the first thing that you got to do is, is, again, get a relationship uh, with your finances. And also the second thing is, is there there's knowledge, there's time and there's money. Of those three, money is the least important. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So to people who always talking about, well, if I had money, I would do this, and I need more money to do that. In, in reality, no, you don't. You know what I'm saying? Because if you have time and or knowledge, you can leverage those two to get money, which is really what wholesaling is, right? So if I'm an investor and I'm looking for property in a specific area, but I don't have the time or the knowledge to go and find them, I will use my money as leverage to get those properties from who? A wholesaler. So um, that I don't have money shit. Don't, I mean, stuff, don't <laughs> you good. <laughs> you good. You good. You good. And that, that's uh, that's I agree 100 percent what you said, because I hate when people I hate when people say like, man, I ain't got no money. I can't. I'm like, yo. Come on, man. It's like you you can make moves out here. And I, I like I tweeted today, and I'm like, just for people that got a little amount, say I'm like, if you got five thousand, you can make some moves, especially if you know the right people. Mm-hmm. And, it, and uh, that goes into another question I wanted to ask you. So I was talking, you know, uh, Brandon, right? Yeah. So I was talking. I was we had him on the show previously. Uh, he was saying how he like charged pretty much for uh, his courses and stuff, and he was saying how it was like really cheap until he talked to you. And he was like, because mm-hmm. Anita kept telling me, raise, put my prices up, put my prices up. He's like, and then I did it. So I wanted to ask you, like, so what, like, what makes you, um, like, comfortable to do that? Because a lot of black people, I feel, they they scared to get what they, what they, put that value. yeah, put that value on whatever they're doing. They're like, man, I don't want to, they scared to ask, like, yo, give me what's good. I, you, I, you owe this to me. Mm-hmm. So what makes you, like, have that mindset? Um. It's a couple of things. For one, I just, again, like, I don't want to be funny enough, but I was just raised right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just from a good club where I feel like, yo, if you provide me a good or a, good or a service, you're entitled to compens- compensation. Mm-hmm. I don't get to dictate that compensation. If it doesn't work for me, if I'm not comfortable with it, then okay. I don't have to participate in the exchange of good and service. But if you have something that is of value to me, I'm happy to pay for it. And so when I started for a long time, I didn't even do courses and all that kind of stuff because I didn't want to be bothered with it. But mm-hmm. once I did, it's like, yo, I've been working at this for years. Like how, how people now can get on the internet and get on the live and see me or somebody else talk, like literally breaking it down step by step or jump on Twitter and see me be or whoever else giving out. It wasn't like that just five or so years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I literally had to bump my head, do it all the wrong ways, and figure it out. So if you think that I'm going to sell myself short to try to fit into some type of uh, black people conscious woke little mm-hmm. box, you're absolutely outside <laughs> of your mind. Not to that whenever, if I do something and I charge you 500 really if the value is more like 1000 mm. 1500 you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm not hitting anybody over the head. And really, for me, when I tell people I price up, really, I'm not pressed about no course money or no, like, I, I invest in real estate. I make decent money mm. doing that. So right. I, I'm not about the money. But also, it's, it's to make you have some skin in the game because people only associate value with things that have a cost. So if I say come to the free webinar, I have ten people at the webinar. If I say well the webinar is fifty dollars, then boom, magically I have fifty people at the webinar. And that's part of the reason why I was telling V like raise your prices. Because first of all, any like you get what you pay for. You know what I'm saying? And there's only but so much that you get that you should and could give somebody for fifty dollars. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, a $50 exchange on some home, that's not going to get you what you You want me to give you the whole process and then to be there to answer your questions and all of that. So, for that to make sense for both of us, I got to charge you at least $500. Mm-hmm. I agree. Go somewhere, ask, ask your college why they charge so much. Right. Why is it yeah. $500 per credit hour? You don't never ask them people that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Man, that's that's real. I it's agree. It's all about mindset. That's all, yeah, that's all about mindset. Because, like I said, some people, they feel like 
Oh, I don't want to uh, ask. You know, I don't want to give it what's was was yours rightfully. It's rightfully yours. You giving out game. You gotta you gotta get some kind of conversation, like you said. You would be like, I yeah, think I think some, some, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if it don't work for you, trust. It's gonna work for, for somebody. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. Yep. And I seen somebody say they was like, uh, people don't respect things that's free. When you're giving people like especially like free information, yeah, they don't really respect it. It's like uh, whatever. But when they gotta pay for it, it's, it's like oh, okay, feeling. I'm a. Uh, yeah. They get the thinking critics yeah. in here yeah. when they own Google. <laughs> not asking no stupid questions. Like yeah, yeah. Really I'm really only by charging. I'm really only doing you a favor. Facts. No, that's that's real. <laughs> On a deeper level, that's real. And for people, yeah. some people might not understand it, but that's real for real. And uh, we spoke on like community a lot. And this is another question I like asking everybody that I bring on the show. Because, you know, uh, um, a lot of, like, all the people we bring on the show, they're doing fairly well for themselves, doing pretty good. And I always like to ask, do you feel ob- obligated to give back to your community? And not not just, like, monetary ways, but, like, what you're doing with your information. You don't have to do that, but you do. The, and do is that an obligation you feel that you have? Yes. Okay. It's absolutely an obligation. Like I said earlier, as a, as a part of my agreement, you know, with God, I just, that's just, it's a responsibility. And even, I mean, take out the spiritual component, just again, also real life family type ish, you have a responsibility to do that. Like if you got a little cousin, a little sister, a little brother, you know what I'm saying, that's about to mess their life up or make terrible decisions, and you know, because you've already been there. Yes, you have a responsibility. I don't care if they got your same last name or not. Like, right. yes, you absolutely have a responsibility to be like, whoa, little bro, little cuz. Like, think about it like this. Like, so yes, I think myself and all of us, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? We all have an individual and a collective responsibility to each other. Mm. I, That's I, what they stripped from us. Really, why we're in the condition that we're in is because we were stripped of that. Mm. Like, that used to come naturally. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Back our ancestors, they used to naturally just look out for you. You weren't going to get that one without hearing from that one. You couldn't just talk to nobody. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But they got away from us. So now we're trying to infuse it back into us mm-hmm. as a culture and as a community. And it's an uphill battle, true enough. But that's why, especially for those of us who know better, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, we have to lead by example. And it's not it's not easy. It's hard as hell. Because people, you know, yeah. people go people you know People want to fight uh, too for helping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it's it's absolutely um, a responsibility and one that I take very, very seriously. Mm, that's dope, and that's so that's so important. That's why I love bringing people like you on the show because like we when you when we bring people like you on the show, like we just think it's gonna be like a business conversation. But then we get into things like this, like on a much deeper level. And I feel like this information is just as valuable as the business right. side of exactly. things. So that's why I'm like, man, it's so dope that. When we get people like you, and we get into these conversations as well as the business aspect. So, right. Yeah. Well, um, with you doing what you're doing, and you know, like how you put the information out on social media, have you um, had a lot of people from Cleveland or just anywhere, but specifically Cleveland, like reach out to you to get started in real estate based off of what they're seeing you doing? Yes. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't think it's enough. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have, it's so crazy how it's like more people rock with me outside of Cleveland, yeah. Cleveland when, it's, when I'm like Cleveland to death. Like, I don't quite understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there have been some people, um, but I definitely think that there should be more, especially since uh, we have such amazing opportunities um, you know, real estate and business-wise in Cleveland. And uh, the, the one thing is, and it goes back to what I said about us feeling like we got it all. Cleveland is one of those cities, right? Cle- in Cleveland, you get you an idea, you put your idea together, a couple people rock with your idea, you make a few dollars off your idea, boom, it's over with for you listening to anybody <laughs> or accepting any type of, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, 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 it's not that kind of culture um, within the city. So I don't know if that has something to do with it, but uh, I love connecting with people mm-hmm. from Cleveland because I know that, you know, at a core level, like we share a lot of the same, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's just that type of city, like how a Philly is or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love to connect with people uh, from Cleveland. I love to see people turn their uh, hustles into real life businesses. That has been um, 
one thing that I've, I've really been able to be a part of with people from Cleveland is people who are just doing stuff, making a few dollars off of it, and then kind of transferring that over into an actual bona fide uh, business. So mm. That's dope, because, like, you know, I joined the military when I was 18, but that was really because I felt like I had no options. But if I knew somebody like you or knew, like, the possibilities out there to do something, like, really, like, because that just wasn't a thing. Nobody, it's always, you go rent a house from somebody, like, ownership wasn't talked about, like, at least throughout my family and community. But if I had, like, that guidance and that knowledge, I probably wouldn't have joined the military. I would have, you know, put my all into doing real estate. But um, mm-hmm. another question is, I've seen you talking about Opportunity Zones coming to Cleveland. <laughs> so can you go into that a little bit and how it could be beneficial to somebody getting into that? So Opportunity Zones is actually a nationwide program. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there have been uh, low-income census tracts basically identified all across the country. And for uh, investors who invest in those areas, essentially they're going to get, they have an opportunity to get a, 100% tax uh, abatement pretty much so um basically the long and short of it is is there are uh you take your capital gains so meaning you know people that take money out of the stock market or people that sell real estate there this is really what's gonna happen right it's gonna be a lot of people who sell super expensive sell their over leveraged real estate take those capital gains and then roll it over into an opportunity zone and hold it for the 10 years mm-hmm. so that they are taxed on the initial profit and on um, the cash flow or the profit that they make from those properties. So for in place, really, again, all across the country, but especially in places like Cleveland, um, we have to be very careful that we are positioning ourselves so that we can benefit from um, this and not just larger scale um, investors who now want to come into the city. We should be getting together, setting up our own, uh, you know, qualified investment fund, opportunity uh, fund, so that we are able to, you know, invest back into our community so we ain't sitting up crying about gentrification. Yeah, I like what you said, that's kind of what you see going on with Detroit. Like, the route is going, it's like a lot of the big investors getting up in there mm-hmm. and buying all the properties. And it's like, it's so cheap. The people mm-hmm. there could have been on it, getting those properties, yep. getting, you know, that could have been them. But yeah, because yeah. like, like uh, for the for a property we bought in Detroit, like, the, the, the rent the lady's paying is only $600. The property was $16,000. She could have brought the property herself, but it's like, I mean, if you're not going to do it and like going into uh, gentrification, I feel like if we we could stop gentrification, if we just put our dollars in the hood first, mm-hmm. it's like a, it's, gentrification only happens because of us. What about that? Exactly. Yeah. We are the cause of gentrification. And go and go go into that. So gentrification, again, like I mean, it's just it's as simple as what you just said. When you don't take care of and you don't see the value in your own stuff inevitably somebody else will mm. period and so because we not only do we not see the value in it but we don't take care of it we don't police it we don't nurture it we don't help it at all at all which makes it basically it's, it's like kind of like on the on the wholesaling tip our communities end up being like those motivated seller type leads like these people don't care about their community they ain't investing mm-hmm. in it mm-hmm. they're not taking care of it you know what I'm saying? So, okay, cool. We're going to come in. We're going to buy it super cheap right out from under you. And then we're going to turn it into what we want to turn it into. And then we're going to reap the benefits, period. So, if we didn't have that attitude about our own communities and all areas, would there be mm. just at least on the scale that it is now? Yeah. They wouldn't. They know. And that's, and that's so crazy because literally yesterday, like, I just came to the, this crazy because I just... Because, you know, usually when people say gentrification, it's from, like, a victim mindset. Like, man, they just come in here and taking everything. We ain't got no control over this. Until recently, I'm realizing, I'm like, yo, we could stop gentrification so easy. Like, I, I even made a post about it yesterday. If we just buy up the hood first, it's cheap already. It's like, what are we waiting on? So, mm-hmm. but, like, I don't want to come off and saying, like, it's, like, even it is our fault. But, you know, when you say it's that. It's our fault. <laughs> you ain't got to say it because I'll say it. It's our fault. <laughs> 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 hey, right, because. <laughs> Exactly, because people getting, like you said, people getting their feelings about it, like, what? But, like, it is, it's our fault, 100%. It's like, it's and they're okay. like, well, I don't, it, it's, it's okay if they come in and buy, but I just have a problem with the older people who are displaced. Well, that's your auntie, that's your grandma. Why <laughs> Do you ain't looking something about it. Man. You, I, 
living your life doing this, doing that. Why you ain't you you ain't thought about her till somebody else came in that was gonna make things a little bit uncomfortable for her. So again, whose fault is that? Ours, hundred percent. And that's so crazy because I swear, as a kid, when I used to be going on, I used to be thinking like, damn, what they doing messed up. Until I got older, and I'm like. Yo, I understand things, but I'm like, yo, this on us 100%, bro. If we don't see the value in it, what you expect somebody else to see? Like, damn, this property, $20,000? Give me that. I'm fixing it up. Like, what you we expect? emotional. As a people, yeah. we're, we're too emotional. Too emotional. It's, in life, everything is not personal. It's just business. Business. And quicker that you understand that and realize that, again, in every realm of life, you know, you quickly turn off that whole victim you know, mindset mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, and then you turn into, as opposed to being the prey, you you know, you turn into the predator. Like, oh, okay, so everything is business. Then I need to make sure I take care of my business, mm-hmm. my family's business, you know, so that you know my business will take care of me, pretty much. So, yep, yep, that's that victim mindset, like it you said. Deep. It run, yeah. yeah, and what what do you think is the 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 solution to that victim mindset? Because how I like we we are we always had this conversation. I'm like. How like well me with every situation that happened in my life, I take the blame for it hundred percent. Cause I'm like that give me that gives me control. That lets me know subconsciously I can fix this solution. So I always even if it's probably not my fault, I'm like, that's me, I'll take that. That's my fault. So what do you think is the like what do you think gets people to to, to is do you think it's just how people was raised? Cause that's what I'm starting to think. I'm thinking like I was raised like this, so you know what I mean? So like what do you think it is? I definitely think is is our upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um but in terms of how we combat it, I think is what we're doing now. Again, I think it's those of us who have come into the know. But they say when you know better, you, you do, do better. better. Not only when you do better, um, you start to lead by example. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And and that's that's like the number one thought that I generally keep in mind is is I don't care about you know who get the accolades and right. who's not. It's this and this and the third. I'm simply trying to lead by example because there are people, my people, watching me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I understand that. And I know that. So, again, it goes back to the whole, do you have a responsibility? Yes. Can't nobody else fix us but us. Reparations not going to fix us. Mm-hmm. Ain't no <laughs> now that's about to fix us and help us. The only way that we do that is from us and again Mm. those of us who know you know we have to be very intentional and consistent with leading by example and showing people like hey listen you can make money you can be humble you can be of the people you can still have fun you know what i'm saying you can we don't have to hate each other we don't have to be in competition with each other Mm. i can love you and still want to do more in sales than you and it's you know what i'm saying exactly gotta you gotta we have to put that out there for our people. Mm, man, this this I deep, and I didn't even about I, the yeah, I didn't even like I, we didn't even intend to go this deep. But since we here, we we going here, and I'm <laughs> like with the, what you what you brought up reparations, like I feel exactly what you say. I, I feel like reparations are gonna be a solution because most of our, most of us, I feel our mindsets. Not yeah. right. So when we get whatever check they give us, we blowing it. it we, we giving it back, it right back instantly. And do you know? Uh, do you know Kenyatta? He run he's he he run with uh, Dame Dash. He do the hip hop motivation videos with Dame Dash a lot. Uh, the heavy set guy. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we yeah. so we had we had, we had him on the show. It's, uh, we didn't put it out yet, but we got time. It'll be out. Yeah. It'll be out. Already. So yeah, but uh, and he was saying, and this was something that I never thought about before. He was like, to be honest with you, he was like, reparations really a slap in the face, and I'm like. What you mean by that? And he was like, because he was like, okay, so say if somebody kidnapped your daughter and they did all, they raped her, they did, they did file stuff to her for years, and then they tried to give you money for it, would you take it? And I'm just thinking like, like repair, he's like, would that repair the damage? And I'm just like, damn, I never I thought. I posted that the other day too. Like, that's a, it's a trick. Reparations <laughs> is a trick. So basically, you want me to take it? And then let's just, just think about it from like a basic economic point. If it's forty million of us, like if they gave all of us a thousand dollars, like how how can the economics <laughs> even support that? You know what I'm saying? Like the, the money, even on the tax side of things, if they allow all of us to not be taxed, like the country crumbles, and if the country crumbles, we still inevitably lose. Mm-hmm. So rep- the whole idea of reparations to me is a trick because to his point, it's like okay, I would spend this little bit of money for you. 
because so that really makes you feel more empowered to treat me bad because it's like well I gave you that little money it's just like no yeah. keep no bread I'll keep my chip on my shoulder and I'll get to my own bed mm-hmm. mm, that's deep like man it. that's 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 deep for real because uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a lot of people like what nah give me my check they owe us our check what did you say to people like that like nah they uh, give me my check we they we owe that. I just I, and I had this because I posted it on Twitter, so you know people mm-hmm. was was firing back. And I'm just like, yeah, think about it from just a basic. There's not we they cannot give us they much can, of it, but get anything yeah. that would be of equal value. They can't give us much of nothing they can. from a cash standpoint. You know, again, benefit. You know, they, there's not a whole lot that they can offer all of us. We too deep mm. at this point. So really, what are you asking for? And then again, it's like that all money ain't good money type situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want to give me this to appease me, to get me to be quiet so that you can feel good about or feel, like I said, even more empowered to do, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is that what you looking to have? Is mm-hmm. that the type of situation? Before you did that, hell, you get, like I said, go get to your own back. The, the most successful people are the people who carry that chip on their mm-hmm. shoulder. Who be out protesting and this, that, and third? Mm-hmm. It's the people who quietly know, like, this been some BS, but however, I'm too much of a dog to allow the BS to, you know, derail me and to let my family have to suffer. So, you know what I gotta do? I just gotta get out here and make it happen. You feel me? So, those are the people, like, that have the most success. Right. Not the people who up talk about, oh, they did that, so they need to give us that. Man, cry me a river, yeah. build a and get over it. Yep, because mm-hmm. me personally, like, I'm gonna just say it. When I see that shit, the like the protesting, that comes off as begging to me. And I and I'm not the t- like I'm not the type to to. That's not how I was raised to be begging another person yeah. to give me something. I'm going to I'm going to get mine, take it. I'm a hustle and just get mine. I ain't gonna be begging. Been doing that for years. That shit ain't been working. Yeah. Yeah. All power to the people, but y'all been doing. Y'all tried that. Y'all, y'all tried, tried that. that exactly. Please let us. You know what I'm saying? If not, we don't. We, we did that already. We did it. You know what I'm saying? We did that, and I, this is and this is a this is a like a very important conversation because a lot of people I don't even like to have this conversation with because they get like it's a diff they have a different mindset on it. It's like a no, that's I, what's wrong with protesting. I'm like yo, that's fucking bad. That's to me that's begging. I'm not about to be begging. That's like being outside of a job saying, hire me, hire me, hire me. Go create your own shit. Well, you won't need somebody to hire you. You can take the time you out there begging. You could be putting in work, making your own shit. Well, you ain't got to beg somebody to hire you. That's just my mind. That's just my mindset no, on but it. But you know, that takes like hard work. Yeah. <laughs> Discipline. You gotta spend a little money. You know, you don't be on that type of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, man. Take the easy route out. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm 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 gonna stop because I don't want some people to feel like, man, he he dog, they he dogging us. Ain't, man, I, ain't even that at all. Don't need <laughs> <love>. <laughs> he said, <laughs> <laughs> he said, don't be. Nah, I ain't even gonna let them put the blame on you. Like, nah, nah. <laughs> this this is real talk. Cause I feel like the kind of that need to be had. Some people just need to realize this. But, uh, and this, believe it or not, this is like, again, this is a part of the mindset that we're talking about that will propel you into success as far as your investing career is concerned. Because you can't, like, just, again, the mindset of, like you said, with the whole reparation shit and all, like, mm-hmm. you, you don't get to be successful in investing having that type of mindset. Because mm-hmm. the, this is the, like, uh, either you're going to run or you're going to get ran over in this business sitting around, you know, crying or complaining or begging or pleading, like, you know, there's just, you can't make it like that. So, again, you know, and, and, and people like to say, well, you, have you heard about redlining? Like, bro, yeah. like, yes, I've heard about redlining. I know about redlining. I know that in a lot of cases, indirectly, it still is today. But what you want me to do? Lay down and die? Mm. Or figure out a way around the redlining situation? Same thing in wholesaling. I know it's not easy to get a person to agree to sell their property at 50% off. I know it's not, but what do you want me to do? Like, it's a numbers game. You got to talk to more people. It's just that simple. Yeah. It's like that, you know what I'm saying? You only have a problem if you don't got a solution. Ooh. That's man, you're dropping a lot of game. And this I came to the realization recently that I feel like a lot a lot of us we just want to stay in this victim mindset because subconsciously we know when we take ownership 
we in control. And I feel like a lot of us subconsciously, we don't want to believe we have that power that we in control of our situation. So we just going to continue on forever with this. It's their fault. It's their fault. It's their fault. Because mm-hmm. we, we, we ain't got no control over that. So we can continue on to keep doing what we're doing. But the second you know, oh, I got power over the situation, that means now you got to change your actions because you know yeah, better. Like you, you said, you, you got a responsibility now because you know better. So that's what that's like. That's what I believe now, because I'm like, yo, it's been it's been too many fucking years. Excuse my language for the people that's listening. They gonna have kids in the room, whatever. But it's been way too many years when you see this. It's been the same shit. So it's just like it got to get to a point where it's like, yo, this on us. What the what we doing, yo? Mm-hmm. Let's 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 get our shit together. You gotta at least try something different. Like I don't know if anybody. Any one person has the quote unquote solution or the way, but what I do know is, is that again, we there are certain things that we've been doing for years, certain behaviors, certain ideologies, and all of that that have been ingrained in us for a long time, and they've not they've not served us well. So mm-hmm. I have got to try something different. Period. Mm. A new mindset, a new way of thinking, a new way of approaching things, a new way of treating and interacting with each other. Just. We gotta, we gotta do stuff differently. I agree, hundred percent. And like, I could, I could go on this conversation all day. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm super passionate on these topics. But uh, to get back, to to get back, uh, like on a, on a, another whole selling question I had. What do you? What are the? Because I, what are the three? What's, what would you say is the three most important keys when it comes to getting into wholesaling that people need to know? Um. Educate, then activate. I always say that, um, again, hosting is is strategy that, again, is is gravy because you don't have to have any money or any credit to get into it. Mm. But at the same time, there is a a sacrifice, and that is a sacrifice of time Mm. to learn. You know what I'm saying? And when I say learn, I mean learning uh, the real estate industry as a whole, and then on a smaller scale, learning your market. Most people that start out wholesaling, they've seen somebody say something and then they just take off into it, which I feel I like the action piece of it. But again, before you activate, you have to educate. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to end up getting kicked back to the education piece anyway, and you'll end up looking crazy. So um, educate, then activate. And um, this is not a um, I hate when I see people who like I need to do my first deal in six months. It's like, yo, you've been on this earth 30 years broke in a joke, and now you like say, you know, you're only giving yourself six months to get into a whole new industry, mm-hmm. and to, it's, not a, it's not a race, it's not a time thing. This is an industry that you can earn and generate capital for the rest of your life, for the rest of your, for as long as your family is on this earth, if you do it right, y'all can be generating money in real estate. So what is a year two years or whatever to really sit down and understand what is a thousand, you know, what is what is the time and the money for, again, something that you would be able to um, generate money with for, you know, for forever. So those are probably the main two things because, again, the real estate part of it, believe me, is easy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, real estate uh, is very similar. The principles of real estate are very similar to a lot of the principles that uh, a lot of us in the black community have seen before. Mm-hmm. You catch my chance. Like I said, it's not super hard. It's the mindset um, and having the mental fortitude to, to do what you need to do to have longevity and to build a business as opposed to just trying to make a few dollars. Mm. I like that because yeah. a lot of a lot of times you see people just trying to rush the process. Yeah. Like slow down, take your time. It ain't going nowhere. You knew like, this. You it come to you when you ready for it, not when you're trying to make stuff happen. Force it to happen, and that's great. That's so- the, 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 like I just feel like it's like you respect the game. Like whatever game mm. you get into, you respect the game. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And respect of the game comes learning it. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how you respect the game is mm. you learn it. You know what I'm saying? You connect with people who know. Like that's how you. It's, it's like Brian. Like when mm. he says. You know, the basketball guys like I would never cheat them because look how much basketball has done. You know, like that that only makes sense. Like yeah, I'm gonna give it all I got. Yeah, I'm gonna work hard. Yeah, I'm gonna spend my money to make sure my body is in tip top shape because mm. I respect this craft, this thing, this industry that has given so much to me and my family. Same thing with real estate. Like you said, it ain't going nowhere. Like yeah. it's literally mm-hmm. going anywhere ever. And, <laughs> and I, I think that like that respect the game comment you said such a it's such an underrated statement and probably gonna go over a lot of people's heads when they listen to this because 
you have to put in your 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 hours, as they say, into whatever whatever you whatever it is you're doing. You got to put in them hours if you really want to be successful, super successful. Because yeah. anybody that's super successful in, in any industry, ain't none of them got their no fly by night shit. Ain't no just right. like oh they just started they right. did. And those that did get successful like that, it ain't last long. It no, was like yeah. <laughs> it was it was like it ended overnight. So people got to understand if you're gonna be great at anything. You gotta put those what they say ten thousand hours in. It's just unavoidable. You gotta do it. Mm-hmm. So. I was listening to Grant Cardone. He was talking. And he said he made a statement. He was like, "The first thirty years of my business, I made a mistake because I wasn't advertising." I'm like, I'm thinking like, damn, like he was in business like for thirty years before he, he became Uncle G. G. Exactly. Like, Grant Cardone <laughs> was in business for like my whole like damn near lifetime <laughs> before he became the man, man. that he is and the businessman. Super game, cause this this crazy. We was just having this conversation a couple days ago. We was in the car, and I was like, you know what's crazy? It's really super, super, super easy to make money, mm-hmm. but you know, keep keeping it and keeping it is harder than making it. Making it is the e- that's the easiest part about it. It's so many different ways to make money for real. All you gotta do is think outside the box. If you don't want to work a job and make money, just think outside the box and watch people. You know what I'm saying? But and it's so literally all you got to do is act the fool. Anytime you act a fool, as far as online, you stand a chance of making money. <laughs> for real. <laughs> for a living, so like... Make a catchy-ass song. Yeah, <laughs> you on. I, and I think a lot of people don't don't want to do, do the grind these days because, you know, on social media, you see people that's successful you see the the the, the shiny fake cars success. you see all even the fake successful people you see the you see the end part you see the the end of the process they're not showing you the whole like you said the 30 you don't see the 30 years of uncle g what he been through all you see right. you see the jet and you're like damn i'm gonna start why well, i ain't getting the results after it's only been six right. months <laughs> it's, it's been, only been six months it's been six months and you and you and you bitching about man i ain't getting no results <laughs> Like, get the real estate is such a beautiful thing because while you're going through that time and, and trusting the process and learning and educating yourself, it's fun. Mm, it's exciting. Every real estate is a different adventure. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's not too many industries where you can say, like, I literally got a chance to make money every day. I know I'm going to have some sort of different experience and I know I'm going to learn something. Like, I don't care how long you've been doing it, how right. successful it's always something else to learn. Another niche, another, you know what I'm saying, a deeper level of understanding. Like, how could you not? I mean, to me, that's what life is about. You know what I'm saying? This constant journey of learning and implementing and tweaking and getting better and, you know what I'm saying, maturing. So, like, it's it's, it's a beautiful process, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Wow. I agree. Man, you, you, you just came with so many. Like I said, I wouldn't even... But well, most of the conversations we've been having, I wasn't even intending on having. But sometimes it just it go down like that. This episode gonna hold you accountable. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah. That's what I got. That is accountability because this is this was definitely definitely about. And uh, do you have you got any more questions? Because I know I got some more, but they, I know they're gonna come probably as soon as we as soon as the conversation ends. Then I'm gonna be mad. Like damn, why ain't asked for this, man? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, this this uh, this is the question I got. So I like uh. I like asking people this as well. Do you know? Because uh, I, I first asked this question to uh, Will Roundtree. You know him. Uh-huh. So we had we had him on the show as well, and I was like, and you know, he's uh, big into the credit game and stuff. So I was like, is there any situation where you believe in using using your own capital to fund like uh, an investment or whatever? And he looked at me like he was like, 
No, never. OPM every single time. So I wanted to ask you, what is your uh, thoughts on that? Are you pro OPM or pro my own capital? Or you could be pro both. I'm definitely pro OPM. Okay. But I'm honest with you, the way that uh, just as far as my natural progression in the business, I've the most, I ain't gonna say it. The majority of my deals I've done with my own capital. Okay. There are some that I got, you know, subject to and seller financing and stuff, creative stuff like that. Um, but I'm with him. Okay. I'm with him on that. I think that that's probably the mindset that we should uh, adopt. We should go into it thinking like that. And then on a case by case basis, there are some deals that, you know, because they were time sensitive or whatever the case may be, I had to, you know, run the cash to solidify the deal. So, you know, case by case, things like that. But as a general overarching perspective, I agree with him because it goes in with the leverage, everything. Mm, you know what I mean? Yep, like, especially once you get to a point again where you have the knowledge. I don't, once I got knowledge, I, should, I don't have to spend my money. Mm. I can take your money because you don't have the knowledge that I have. So you can't do what you're trying to do without me. So that means I don't have to bring money to the table. So I, I, I feel him. I, I agree with him in that sense on that. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah. That's that's a question I love asking people because, like I always say, I, I talk to some people and they like. But no, I'm using my I'm using my own capital. I don't like own nobody, and I'm like, nah, oh, I don't believe that at right, all. Right, right. <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and uh, you spoke on subject two. So do you uh, do you mind going to, for the people that don't know what uh, subject two is? Subject two is uh, basically another real estate strategy that allows you to acquire a property subject to somebody's existing mortgage. Mm. So if they already have a mortgage on the property, essentially the debt stays with them. The property comes to you. Mm. It's essentially how that works. Okay, cool, cool. So, uh, man, you dropped, you dropped a lot of game on here. <laughs> and, uh, so for the people who want to get in touch with you, they 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 heard everything you said on this episode. Or they love what you're saying, and they want to get they want to reach out cousins. to you. They want to be cousins, you know. <laughs> get some get some game from you. Where could they find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at House Center Two One Six, and then there are um, you can always DM me on there and other other ways to contact me from there. But I, I'm pretty active on uh, Instagram mainly. Twitter be getting on my nerves. Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs>
Thank you. I appreciate y'all for uh, having me on. Um, I appreciate you all, too, for doing this. Like mm-hmm. I said, this is an, is an example of what I'm talking about as far as giving people um, access mm-hmm. to, you know, like myself and the other guests that you have. So mm-hmm. we appreciate you for doing this. And y'all <laughs> good work. I wish y'all continued success and yes. whatever y'all. Definitely. Like what I tell you, same to you. Yeah, we'll come see you when we come to Cleveland. Cleveland, Cleveland <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> wherever, <laughs> wherever you at, we going to connect. We going to connect. Appreciate you. No problem. Y'all yeah. have a good one. You, you too. too. Peace. Peace. All right, guys. Well, that was another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets with Cousin Nita. You can find her on uh, all social medias at HouseHunter216. And she dropped a lot of gems. Like she said, if you got, if you if you guys want to get into the, the real estate game, wholesaling industry, she, this is another person that you can hit up. And you could go from there. And uh, in closing, for the people who don't know, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Xavier C. Miller. And please don't forget to subscribe, uh, like, rate, give us feedback on our channel. We definitely appreciate that. And Deanna, she's going to give you your info as well. And y'all can find me on Instagram at Deanna Kent. Twitter is Deanna S. Kent. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the Millionaire Mindset's daily text subscription. You could do so by texting at mmindsets to 81010. And don't forget to follow our Instagram page for the Millionaire Mindset's brand. Um, that's Millionaire Mindset's lifestyle brand. And that's pretty much it. Appreciate y'all for watching. See y'all next episode. Peace. On the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next when I'm on the way. You ain't take a risk cause you too afraid. I'ma just eat till I'm overweight. On the way 